0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com
1: for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: You're listening to Family Feud, part of the Paris-style podcast family. They might not be brother and sister, but they sure do fight like they are. Here's your hosts, Keely Yore and Shotgun Spratling.
2: Welcome to another episode of the Family Feud podcast. I'm your host Keely. You're joined by Shotgun Spratling and cousin of the pod, Chris Trevino. We're back. It's a bye week. We have another blowout to talk about, gentlemen. Ouch. <laughs> Not fun, but we'll do it anyway. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting some support there, but it's I didn't okay. have a joke ready. So. It's okay. It's that. It's bye week. We're a little little sluggish. It's fine.
1: We're. I'm taking a break this week so what I'm does not does that gonna be funny i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do any jokes okay i'm gonna be straight laced the whole time
2: that seems like something you would do i'm
1: just gonna be straight laced no jokes is straightforward it,
2: is this in session though because this is kind of a joke in itself yeah. i
1: don't know what you're talking about chris this is, is gonna
0: not gonna a lose. bit chris you're gonna lose all your audience it's <laughs> not a bit
2: well, like I said, we have a lot to talk about. We have to break down the game a little bit. We have questions, a lot of questions. Thanks to everyone who sent them in. Uh, as a reminder, look out for a tweet from and Spratling on Tuesdays. Or you can email us, familyfeudpod at gmail.com. Thanks to everyone who did that. We also have some stock up and some stock down to go over. But gentlemen, like I said, it was another blowout in the Coliseum. Let's just get into it. Stock up. Who you got?
0: I guess I'll start because I don't think there's we don't have that many from this game. But Malcolm Epps is a guy who stepped in. uh, Michael Trigg goes down with an injury, and I thought Malcolm Epps stepped in and made a couple plays. And that's been something where he's had a couple opportunities to make plays. The balls hit off his hands, tough catches, and not made them. He made a big play in this one, obviously really late, and it didn't really matter as far as the grand scheme of the game. But I think that's a big confidence builder for him, and that's something that Graham Harrell told me after the game. You I know, asked him about the Trigg injury, and he said it was great to see Epps step in because that's a guy that they think can be a playmaker as well. And if Michael Trigg is going to be down for a little while, which it seems like that will be the case after watching that knee injury, um, Malcolm Epps is a guy that needs to step up as that flex tight end that they have outside. He's a big target. You saw you know, Keaton Slovis both times back-to-back plays. He rolls out to his right and throws it up to, to Epps. Epps got behind the defense for the touchdown, 41 t- yard touchdown. And then Keaton Slovis is looking for an option. He on the two-point conversion. He went all the way back to, to beyond the 20-yard line, rolling away from the you know the pressure that's coming and just chucked it up there. And he's like, Malcolm Epps is really tall. I'm gonna throw it in his area and see if he can go get it. And that's what you do on a two-point conversion. Just give somebody a chance and Worked out perfectly. It goes up, makes a catch in between three defenders. So that's the type of weapon he could be. If there's a fourth down and goal, that's the type of play that, you know, if everything breaks down, give that big guy a chance and you, you see what he can do. And that's what we said when we saw him the first time this summer. I said, whoa, that guy could be a red zone target. We haven't necessarily seen that from USC, but maybe that's something that can be incorporated going forward.
1: I believe that was something you noted when he first got on campus, just how, look how huge this guy is. If he's a dude, he's going to be a matchup. Weapon uh for this offense, and obviously, that hasn't really come to f- fruition so far, but that was a glimpse of what he could be. Um, you know, and like you said, trig probably not going to be contributing for the foreseeable future until he's healed up. So, Malcolm Ups big opportunity to be another weapon for this offense.
2: I had Drake London stock up, I think that's obvious. Um, 16 receptions for 126 or excuse me, 162 yards. And a touchdown where he just left over a guy. It's just unreal. I think I tweeted at the time, this is your weekly Drake London is very good at football tweet. Because, I mean, what else can you say? It's just, I got to schedule the tweet because each game he does something crazy.
0: Yeah, I said it was unreal too, but I threw an expletive in there. You
2: did. I was like, whoa.
0: Yeah, I got some comments like,
2: whoa. Watch the some profanity. This PG-13, PG-13. Yeah.
0: It would be okay. You, didn't like you get, caps, you get one expletive in a PG-13 movie, I believe, so yeah. oh, I think, I think okay. that's the case. So I use my one there. I don't watch because movies so don't Because know. that was an unreal play. Um, he continues to impress. USC attacked a lot short in this game You know because of the coverages that, that Utah was playing. They were playing off. They didn't want to get beat deep. So USC used the screens, wide receiver screens, over and over and they were able to get the ball to to Drake London several times and he's hard to tackle so those catches turned into you know he averaged over 10 yards a catch and you know he just continues to be a weapon in different ways and that's what's so unique about him is that we've seen him in the slot previously in his career how much of a weapon he could be there you're seeing him now on the outside, how he can go up and make those catches on the outside, the contested catches. He's showing what he can do in a screen game. Uh, and if they blocked a little bit better in the screen game, there were opportunities there for some of those screens, not just necessarily with Drake London, but other guys, to, to get some big yardage. But they're struggling to block on the edges still, and, and that's one of the reasons why this offense continues to struggle to consistently uh, put together a drive without something bad happening. They had 31 offensive snaps the first three drives and they got three points out of it. They were moving the ball really well but th- that's the problem with this offense right now and maybe you should you know maybe they should be on stock down or maybe it's just what we've seen all season and it's stock unchanged but when one thing goes off the rails, this offense can't fix it. you know maybe they can get one big play you saw that when they had a third and 18 they got that big play to Drake London. But then that same drive, that was when they had to settle um, for a. I think that was when they had to settle for a field goal, and the one they missed because they got a negative yardage run two plays later. That's what the, this offense has to stay on schedule, or else it can't pick things up. Yeah, and I, I, that's the biggest issue right now is that they're not so crisp that they, they can overcome things, or they're not so crisp that they don't have to overcome things. There's always something happening. Whether it's somebody not getting down on the edge and blocking on their screens, whether it's the young tackle struggling with some pass rush, whether it's a penalty. You know, There weren't a ton of penalties on the offense side, but when they did have a penalty, they weren't recovering from it. So that's that's the thing with this offense. Uh, and maybe it's because there's not enough creativity. Maybe it's whatever the reason is. Once they get off schedule with a negative play, they, they really struggle to, to get back going forward
2: it's really undisciplined football in that sense where you, like once something goes it's like whack-a-mole i keep saying whack-a-mole but that's what it is like okay the line finally protected or you have uh no flags but then there's a drop you know like trig over the middle or something like that you know it's it's it just seems like you can't get all cylinders to fire and you just can't have that especially like you said with Graham Harrell's offense, which is not like the most innovative in that sense.
0: Yeah, it's very, it's kind of hard to watch because you see the potential. And that's what's so difficult, I think, for USC fans is because there is talent there, especially uh, with guys like Michael Trigg, with Drake London, using Malcolm Epps. And you say, man, I, I see what they could be. Yeah. But they can't consistently sustain that. Outside of Drake London, being Drake London, the rest of it is like, wow, the run game actually did something against Colorado. Wow, the run game looked good early in the Oregon State game. Where did it go? Well, they stopped using it. Same thing happened in this game. Yeah, I think that's still the big key for them is when the run game is going, the offense is more balanced and they're not being attacked. You know, Keaton Slovis is not constantly under pressure because teams are pinning their ears back, and they ran the ball seven times in the second half. I know they were down. But they were still, you know, the defenses, Colorado, I mean, Utah was playing, were to drop into coverage and force USC to take underneath stuff and, you know, to try to get to the passer and affect him, where that means there there were some running lanes that still available and they just didn't try to do that.
1: That was a Drake-London stock up, right? And this thing devolved. It into was. This, yeah, sorry. This one went what, what way off. What had happened was uh, <laughs> this thing went way off.
2: It, but it's that type of game, honestly. <laughs>
1: but yes. Well, I just wanted to – Chime in on the main point, which yes. is Drake London. Is that the gap between him and the second receiver in the Pac-12 is just hilariously <laughs> large? It's twenty-four receptions and four hundred and thirty-five yards. That's the difference between him and then Stanley Berryhill out of Arizona. And if that was like the stats for a rec- uh, for like an individual receiver, twenty-four receptions for four hundred thirty-five yards, that would be like top 5 in the Pac-12. That'd be the second most second most receiving
0: yards behind Drake London. The differential? Yeah, the differential. Wow. He has more than twice as many right as Barry Hill. It's it's hilarious. Wow. Yeah, Drake London now has 64 catches for 832 yards and five touchdowns. That's a great season or a really good season. Not a great season, but a really good season. USC's halfway. Right.
2: Which is so unfortunate that they're not playing well overall because performances like that, like a Drake London, just kind of gets lost in the shuffle.
0: True. And his numbers, I I tweeted this out yesterday, but his numbers would be even more ridiculous. But he's not playing in the fourth quarter because these games are all blowouts. Whether they win or lose, they're all blowouts. All six games have been decided by at least 14 points. So he didn't play the final 10 minutes of this Utah game. He didn't play the final 10 minutes of Colorado. He didn't play the final quarter at Washington State when he got injured. Uh, and he didn't play the final six minutes or so against Stanford, so I, I looked at it and I broke it up by drives. So he hasn't played in eight of USC's sixty-nine drives. That that's eliminating you know end of the half when they just have one play or you know they take a kneel down. So he's missed almost twelve percent of USC's drives. At that rate, he'd have another game of, of performance. Seven more catches, ninety-six more yards. He's just ridiculous, and it is kind of disappointing that people aren't going to see this on a national stage. Yeah. Because of USC's overall performance, because he's been a beast. Um, and you know, USC's really relying on him because he's been a beast, and I don't see why they wouldn't rely on him with yeah. the way he's played, even though some people are, stop throwing to him, stop, stop being so reliant. If I'm a quarterback, who else do you want me to throw to? Tell me somebody else on this team that didn't dropping balls consistently. Tell me someone else who's gonna go up and make a play every time and you feel like you can confident every time I throw it over there, that guy's gonna make the catch. Now, he may not always do that, but you feel confident that he is. Everyone else is kind of like, I hope for the best. And, it, yeah, like you said, the big stage. We want to see him
1: in, like, a big game moment or in these, like, like imagine him, what he would have done, like, in the Red River shootout. Like Imagine oh. what kind of, what, what <laughs> kind of like, level he would have reached in, in, like, a moment like that. And we know he can be clutch. I mean, the Arizona State catch mm-hmm. last year, yeah. the big UCLA catch. Uh, Thundering run he had in the UCLA game. So we know he can come up with those big moments. He's just not getting the opportunity in close games because they're either blowing him out or getting blown out.
0: How many yards do you think he would have had in the red River shootout Oh, with my goodness. The defenses that were being played in that or lack of defenses that were being played? Like close to 300. <laughs> I'm sure. I just want to see it. How do we like <laughs>
2: simulate that somehow?
0: Can we make a trade? <laughs> he would be very fun in the Cincinnati. If, if
1: you could trade offensive players, everyone would be calling USC right now. <laughs> calling. Off the hook would be just off nonstop ringing.
2: Chris, I do believe I'm trying to keep the order here. It's your turn for a stock up.
1: Right. I had a looking at history. Oh. Stock up on all the history that's kind of been made this season against <laughs> oh, USC. Oh no! Ouch. USC gave Utah their first win in the in LA since in 105 years. This is the first time in program history that USC has alternated win-loss, win-loss for their first six games. Really? Yes. And it's the first time in history that they've allowed 40-plus points in a home game in the Coliseum.
2: And they've done that three times now? Yes.
1: This is the first time they've allowed three.
2: Oh, three consecutive? Yeah. At home? Got it.
1: So, a wow. lot of looking at history being made with this team this year.
2: Not in a good way.
1: Not in a good way. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch.
2: That's rough. That was like a pseudo up, up but it's down.
1: No, I'm I, I like doing those, the pseudo up down or the
0: pseudo down up.
2: Okay. So, okay. that's fun. Nice. Okay.
0: I only have one left at cuz I had London on my mind, but I had malga um, Yeah, I did too. He's the the one defensive player that I think is improving as the season is going along and made a bunch of plays in this game uh, against Utah. May get lost in the shuffle because of them giving up as many points as they did, but I think he led the team in tackles again. You know, he's played really well against Utah the last two seasons. He does really well coming downhill and attacking and, you know, filling that hole. He had a couple plays behind the line of scrimmage as well, but um, USC's defense needs more guys to step up. And right now, that's not happening.
2: Well, my final stock up is Corey Foreman. He had his first career sack, he ended up with 1.5 sacks.
0: According to Chris Trevino. Chris,
2: is that correct? Chris, why are you looking around like that?
1: I Because this is the second time we're taping this. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. And there was a whole argument about 1.5 to 1 sack. Whatever. He had multiple sacks.
2: He did. So, I mean, the stock is up. The stock is rising. We have talked about a lot on the show about how there were uh, injury concerns, playbook concerns, et cetera, et cetera. And it seems like he's kind of on the rise, getting the, getting the hang of it.
1: I also had Corey Foreman, but I had Corey
0: Sackman. Ay, Drake Corey Saxon Sackman. is much better. Okay, but here's the better. thing. Yeah, you got to pick. And which I'm not one. even a big fan of that one. You got I pick. got them all.
1: I got them all. But Corey, why? Corey Sackman, but, Drake Saxon, but, Jacob Lichten sack. <laughs> no. Didn't get to break that one out. No. Well, it's too late then. So working on that one. <laughs> doesn't have, like, an S <laughs> yeah, in his name, so I got to figure that
2: out. <laughs> what about Nick Figueroa? Uh, Sakuroa?
1: Yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> Nick Sakaroa. <laughs> Nick Sakaroa, yeah. Okay, perfect.
2: Just cool. need to figure
1: out that Thule one. Yeah. I need to guess what his middle name is.
2: <laughs> you should. Cool. Anything? other stock up before we move on to real
0: quick on Corey Foreman yes not only did he get the sack um, but I was really impressed with the stop when Utah is running uh, is trying to score before the end of the half they try to run a play with a quarterback keeper on the read option and USC had let that get outside a couple times and he was all over it and made the tackle there that's showing improvement because there's been times this season when he's gone inside and uh, been too aggressive and that's what happens with freshmen. They want to make a play, being too aggressive. Uh, but on that, when he stayed home, took care of his responsibility and made the play. And that's what you're looking for out of these freshmen. Do they continue to progress? And I think Corey Foreman is a guy we're seeing that from. So he's a guy that I think we can see kind of break out and earn more and more playing time, even though the two guys that, you know, the positions he would be playing, Tully Tupelo too, and Drake Jackson are having terrific years. We did see at times where Tuli Tulipolo was moved inside and not just on that pass rush unit like he normally is, you know. So normally when they get to third and long, Corey comes in, Tuli moves inside. Well, they did that a couple of times with you know er, on early downs. So I thought that was pretty interesting because that tells me they're finding ways to get Corey more and more reps if they're going to move Tuli in because they don't want to take Tuli and or Drake uh, off the field if they don't have to. Interesting. And I believe it was Orlando who said
1: Orlando who said that. You know, this is kind of the time when they start to, the freshmen start to click.
2: He did. He did say that. week six, Around I this time. That's so, why he said it was important to um, get, get them him as much yeah. time despite some of the issues so that, that they saw early on. seems to
1: be on. aging well. Yes. That uh, comes up with his first... Multi-sack performance. So Okay. Multi-sackman
0: performance. Congrats to Corey Sackman. (laughs) Tell your friends about it. Uh, Speaking of the freshmen, we'll see – we won't see, but uh, the team and the coaches will see them get some extra opportunities this week because of the bye week. Dante Williams said this week that, uh, that the freshmen, the young guys, will have a scrimmage. There will be a young guy scrimmage on Thursday. So giving those guys that aren't getting those opportunities, the Julian Simons, the Anthony Beavers, those guys, uh, some opportunities to play and, and you know, get some live reps, and maybe some of those turn into some guys getting some more opportunities on the field. I would personally love to watch that scrimmage. Also, great branding opportunity not being utilized
1: there. The young, guns, young guys scrimmage
2: what would you brand
1: the young guns the former hip-hop group from the dirty when South. you
0: say young guns it makes me think of emilio estevez as sure you can get kid. him
1: in. get those guys in there too
0: just invite a bunch of young guns
2: i just think it'd be really interesting to watch that you know kind of like fall campy and just evaluate
0: that, that would be fun i thought you were gonna reference young guns no. or young guns Two, the movies that you obviously have not seen come on
2: do you really think i was gonna make a movie reference
0: but you no, should watch them. I'm
2: gonna save it for her. Never mind. <laughs> Let's go to Stockdown. There is probably a lot. Who wants to go first?
0: I'll start with the Coliseum aura. Um, I don't you know, know
2: why that's funny to me, but it is.
0: Why is that <laughs> the, funny? The aura. Yeah, the aura. Like you, when you're an opposing team, when you're Oregon State, and you come in, you're supposed to go, "Oh my goodness, this is where Reggie played. Okay, that's this fair. is where Lindell played." If you know your history, then you say, oh, this is where Charles White played. This is where O.J. Simpson played. Wow, this place is, you know, 100 years of history. USC's been so good during that. And now teams come in and they're like, I can't wait to celebrate in the locker room and let USC hear it. Because that we had some people, uh, when Ryan did the post-game press conference, like, why is there music and cheering in the background after USC lost? It's like, that's not USC's locker room. That is, remember, the Coliseum is old. The locker rooms are very close together, and the, between them is the press conference room where USC holds their press conference. So when USC's holding that press conference, when an opposing team wins, which has been common recently, then you're going to hear them cheering, and especially when it's the first win in L.A. in 105 years or yep. the first win in, in, at the Coliseum in 61 years for Oregon State. Yeah, they're going to be going crazy in that locker room. That's what you're hearing. So the aura of people coming in and you know, the mystique even of the of the Coliseum it's just not there right now, and part of that is, and when when you're losing, you lose that crowd too. You know, you don't have the fans they're supporting you at the same time, and so I think the aura of the Coliseum and how it being a tough place to play and having to play USC there and all this, it's just not there right now.
2: Yeah, I was thinking about it at toward the end of the game. It's it was kind of surreal for me to see consecutive home games where all the away fans kind of collect by the 50-yard line behind their team's bench and are like celebrating and there's all this like hoopla for them. Because that's, I just, for as long as I've covered USC, I haven't seen that. And so to see that consecutively at home is just just weird. It's odd. Yeah, there were not many fans
0: left in the stadium outside of a, a decent portion of the student section and the Oregon, I mean the, the Utah section. That was it. Shouts to the student section. I don't know why they're staying, but.
2: They're staying and they're coming like heavy. Like they're coming packed. Like that whole (laughs) section is intense. Shouts to them. Stock up. Stock up for student section. The resiliency, if
1: you will. I had what kind of use had as protecting the Coliseum just because, you know, we had talked to a couple of players this week. They talked about how Dante Williams was trying to instill more protecting the Coliseum into the week you know showing them videos and meetings of you know famous games in the Coliseum just kind of upping the ante of how important this place is but obviously didn't seem to work so they've been outscored 129 to 81 at home in these last three games and that 81 is a that looks a little bit better just because of some of the late garbage score. So it's probably closer to like 60 or something.
0: How, how about the uh, third quarter in those three games? 42-3. to three. Yeah, And that's been the game changer in each of those. Now USC, I think, has trailed going into at, at halftime of each of those games, but it's been separated. So all the fans are leaving either in the third quarter. There were fans that left with like six or seven minutes left in the third seven quarter. Seven minutes, yeah. To, in this game. Now, some people told me, uh, you know, at the tailgate, we did get to see some people again. And one person told me, you know, last game I stayed until the the torch was lit. And then I was like, all right, I'm out. And so I think some people may have stayed for that and stayed for that, you know, that tradition. And they were like, I'm just waiting around for the torch. That's it. I just want to see Traveler one more time. And I don't know if we'll see it from the offense.
2: Well, I also had reasons for people to go to the Coliseum on Stockdown. Like, Drake London, sure. But, I mean... You could just watch that at home at this point, you know? (laughs) Like, what's the the ROI on making the trek to the Coliseum at this point? Tailgating and hanging out with your friends. That's always what college football is about. Yes, I know, but I'm just saying. You could do that at home. It's cheaper.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Um, I also had uh, freshman tackles. I think we're seeing that teams are starting to scheme for USC's freshman tackles, and they're struggling at times. Um, there are some struggles in the run game, but especially in the pass game, pass protection. Jonah Monheim got replaced at the end of this game by Jalen McKenzie for the second time this season. So I think that's just a product of having two really young guys. And I don't want to be really down on them because they probably shouldn't be in this situation. Yeah, you know they should have more talent in front of them so that they can get them in for a few drives a game instead of saying we need you guys to be it. We need you guys to we need to rely on you two you know, second year freshmen. To really step up and, and take over these spots, and I don't think it's really fair to those guys. And they played really well at times, but they're also going to have struggles. And I think this game was one of those with the physicality of Utah and them, you know, having speed off the edge. Utah always has good pass rushers, and especially in the second half when USC was down and they decided not to run the ball anymore, it really puts those guys in, in a tough place, and and they struggled at times.
2: I had stock down for and. Talking pre-show, I think I might change this to overall, but I I originally had defensive effort on Stockdown. Just because there were, on my rewatch, there were plays where, like, I've seen guys take reps at practice harder than they did in the game. And it was just odd to be, like, it just seemed sometimes that they weren't full speed. And it goes to the larger question of, is there fight left in this team? Like, is... do does everyone see the writing on the wall? You know, How much can you really keep this thing together in that sense?
0: Yeah, and unfortunately some of that was happening while this was still a close game. Like when USC was in the lead. And that's when you go, ooh, that doesn't look good. Like when you're in the fourth quarter and you get blown out and you don't have great effort, that's not good. But you can understand that a lot more than when USC is up 10-7 to 7 or whatever early in the game. And you see a plane and you're just like, that guy didn't seem like he really tried hard on that play. And so that's a big concern because that tells you a lot about the mindset of the team right now, I feel
2: like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I had stocked down for like disciplined 60 minutes of football because to me on the rewatch, and like I I recognize this in game, but in the rewatch for some reason it was more mind-blowing, but just the timing of how it all fell apart. Like there was one minute left in the half, and it just spirals, and then you come out and have another flat third quarter, and it spirals even more. Like this, this it shouldn't have gone as south, as quickly as it did. And so it's like I, I don't feel like this team can like. There's a minute left before you get into the locker room. Like just hang on, like right there, like keep locked in. You know, I just felt like it. They were not locked in for sixty minutes,
0: and they had a third and eleven, and they you know they backed up and they throw it short and pick up 10 yards on it, if they pick up five yards on it, they're punting right there. Instead, that's when the flea flicker comes out. And it was really weird how Utah approached that final drive. First off, they didn't call timeouts when USC had third down or fourth down um, when they could have saved an extra minute of time, if not more. So it's like I don't think they were confident that, hey, we can go down and drive. They start off the, the drive with a screen pass, so USC goes, okay, they're gonna try here. So they bring in their pass rushers and stuff. But then in the middle of it, they try to call a run on a like a second and ten play. And, with, and that's the one that Corey Foreman made a nice play on. But it was just like it was like they were like, nah, we don't really want to press it. Okay, let's do it. Nah, let's not okay, let's do it. And then they got to fourth and one. And the talk after the game was that Cameron Rising accidentally audible to this flea flicker, and then USC calls a timeout. And they go to the sideline, and the offensive coaches were like, "Wait, what are we? What play were you running there? What did you just audible to?" And he's like, "Oh, the flea flicker," and they're like, "That's not a terrible idea. Let's try that." And then it obviously it works out great because the safety comes flying up on the run, and Chris Steele gets beat uh, on an inside release, and you know touchdown there for for Utah, and it's a big swing because I think that's a huge momentum play, just because that's demoralizing. Yeah. Fourth and one, you can get off the field, and maybe there's 17 seconds left. They're about 40-yard line. One big pass to Drake London or someone over the middle, and USC's in field goal range, and you can add a couple points there. Um, Instead, seven points the other way, and Oregon State's getting the ball back after half, and they go down immediately and score with a big run, and the game's over. The game's over after that run.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: There was no fight left in USC, and I gave them a little bit more credit during the game. I was like, okay, we'll see what they can do. They didn't score, and then uh, you know when when Utah went up, I think thirty five to ten. I was like, all right, that's it; it's done. Yeah. And that was with like six or seven minutes left in the third quarter. But you knew there was no fight. Which is interesting because we see teams across the country, Texas, Oklahoma. Since we mentioned it earlier, it was twenty eight seven in that game. Oklahoma didn't give up. The USC team at times just hasn't shown the resiliency that you would like, and I don't I don't know that there's a fix for that. Yeah. The coaches are trying had been trying to change the culture and everything and doing all that. But I don't I don't know what you can do about that.
2: Yeah. I, I don't know either. And the crazy thing is is just where we are in the season. I feel like this is maybe something you would expect game ten and you like kind of know things are wrapping up, but it's like there's still a whole half of football left. It's it's kind of crazy. And you
0: hope that the coaches can do something during this bye week that sparks the team, that brings that fight back. But it's hard for me to see that happening right now. Until until yeah. we get some glimpse of it somewhere, and maybe we'll see that practice this week. We'll see. But uh, it's it's not looking great for USC the rest of the season.
2: Yeah, Chris, what do you have on stock down?
0: Uh, I
1: just had Michael Trigg, and that's like new, no, th- that's not his fault. It's just you know the nature of football. He got injured. You can debate the cleanliness of that play, but seems like he's going to be down for some time unfortunate for a really young talented player who was just you know breaking out a little bit after his week against Colorado first touchdown for him seemed like he was getting some momentum and then you know unfortunately takes a hit like that and did not look good on the sideline so um just stock down for him and that that young talent they have
2: yeah i hate, I hate seeing in, like injuries in general but injuries like that you know it, you knew immediately it was not good so it's just and that's still T B D. The latest we got from Dante Williams was that um they're gonna have to do a second MRI because the first one was inconclusive. So we will see. Um that's the latest there.
1: He said nothing was broken or he doesn't think it's the ACL. Yeah. Which what? would be positive. Yes. But we'll have stuff. So but have but to if see. it's
2: inconclusive, I think we still need to yeah. hold out for a bit. I mean, any other stock down, I mean it's kind of meh.
0: I mean, I had Chris Steele for stock down. Um, you know, he struggled in this game, got beat for a couple of touchdowns. Now He didn't get any help from the safety on that flu flicker, but that's his man. He's got to do a better job. And Chris Steele came into the season with All-American aspirations, and it, it hasn't been the case so far. So he's on my stock down right now. We'll see if, if he can turn things around. You know, there's some other guys on this defense that were touted coming in that we just haven't seen a lot of playmaking from. So – We'll see if this bye week can be a reset button for them. You know they talked about after that first loss. Ben Griffiths mentioned when Clay Helton was fired that hey, you don't get very often get a reset uh, opportunity. Maybe this bye week can be that, and they can say hey, let's just have a six game season and focus on that, and see if they can try to come out you know four and two or five and one and finish and earn a bowl game. But you know still there's some playmaking that needs to be done.
2: Yeah, for sure already let's move on to hurt it on the sideline.
0: since Chris just men- mentioned Michael Trigg, I will start with just seeing him when he's getting carted off the field. Gavin Morris was going with him his parents I believe were in the stadium I believe they came down afterwards um, you know but he was just bawling. Um, you know it's unfortunate to see an injury like that happen to a young and talented player but it's even it, it hurts even more when you just hear the kid and hear his cries basically um, at this injury. And this is what happens when someone, you know, probably hasn't suffered a significant injury in his career and, you know, the pain of the injury itself, but also just the realization that I'm going to be out. I'm going to be out probably for a lengthy amount of time. There's the rehab, the recovery and all that stuff that goes with it. And I think it all hit him when he was being carted off and, you know, he was just very emotional and it was, it was tough to see, you know, And, and it's unfortunate because as we've mentioned on this, this show before, how much of a, a personality he is and how much everyone kind of gravitates towards him and everyone kind of loves him around uh and you know Malcolm Epps I talked to him after the game after his touchdown he said that one was for Trick. he dedicated it to him said you know that's for my little brother um and you know that was his touchdown not mine so you know it's just unfortunate we talked to a couple of players about the the situation and you know they were just trying to tell Trig to keep his head up and you know to that he's gonna have to work through it but you know Anytime you see a talented young player like that go down, it's it's unfortunate.
2: Yeah, especially after the the rise we kind of saw against Colorado. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was promising. Like, okay, how can he build on this? And then to see that is just super unfortunate. Um, I had – now, this is a hurt it with an assist from Shadi Spratt because I kind of have to admit that you might be right in my head. But <laughs> I ha, my hurt it is like Dante Williams is a disciplinarian. Um, as after Drake had that insane leap touchdown running off, Dante's like all up in his face. And I think I, and granted, I don't know what he's saying, but it sounded like he was frustrated with his celebration and something you had mentioned, I think on tunnel vision was like, how far can you go with disciplining guys like that? And now I'm starting to question, like, is it a little bit too much where you kind of get like, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. When you're coming off the sideline and Dante's like in your face, you know, um, I and the other thing I heard or saw was after the game, like some of the players who did have like a play, like a Corey Foreman, were trying to say hi to their family. And Dante was all up in there and being like, get into the locker room, get into the locker room. Now, you just got blown out. I understand you need to like be with your team or whatever, but there's a lot of like disciplinary measures that. I'm not saying are not needed, but I don't know if that's going to go over well when you're the interim and you're bringing that toughness when the results aren't coming. You know, I, I just don't know how that's going to play out. But my hurt is that I saw it a lot against Utah.
0: Yeah, it's a tough situation. Uh, you know, you're know, you trying to change the culture. Obviously, that was something that's been missing from USC. But uh, what I tried to mention before, I think, was that there's a fine line. You know, College football has to be fun still. So don't take the fun out of it. So when Drake London leaps over a guy, okay, you've earned the right to you know dance a little bit on the on in the back of the end zone as you're coming across, doing the greedy or whatever it is. So that's where the kind of fine line is. Now Dante is that's just his personality. That's how he is with his position group when he's you know when he's a position coach.
2: See, but this is where everyone listening goes. What about Chris Steele?
0: He's still in Chris face when Chris makes mistakes or when he has a penalty. Um, that's the way Dante approaches it. I'm not saying that it is. it translates immediately into that his position group never makes a mistake or never does anything that they shouldn't do. But when that happens, Dante is there in that person's face and you know um, chastising them for either a mistake or a breakdown or whatever it may be. But as the head coach sometimes you have to step back and realize, all right, what's best for the entire team versus that one individual. And one of the things he said about Michael Trigg after the Colorado game was that he doesn't want that to become a pattern and he doesn't want that to be the next person think, okay, that's perfectly fine. That's an acceptable behavior after a touchdown, you know, act like you've been there and that's what he wants. But like I said, it's a thin line, uh, a fine line between, trying to enforce that versus taking all the fun away and college football has to remain fun.
2: Yeah. Because we're on this topic, I'm actually going to bring in a question into heard it right now. It's from a OCSC fan who said by all accounts, uh Dante Williams is a way more dis- is a way more disciplinarian, excuse me, than Helton was. Is there any indication that the team is rebelling against Dante Williams and his coaching style? Part of the reason why I struggle with that is because instead of saying Dante Williams, put DW, and when I see DW, I want to say Dan Weber. <laughs> so, so yes. But, Chris, take it away.
1: Take it away? Like, this is my ex- area of expertise? Well,
2: I mean, Shaka was pointing at you that you were going to answer this.
1: I wouldn't say that there's... Anything that I've heard that they're rebelling, I mean, I think it's tough when you're under a head coach that lets you get away with a lot of stuff, and then you suddenly have a coach that doesn't let you get away with much. Whiplash? So, yeah. It's like, as Ryan would probably make an analogy, it's like getting to eat ice cream all the time for dinner, and then your step-parent says... No, broccoli. Yeah, broccoli. You're, <laughs> there's obviously... Okay.
2: There's no transition food. Yeah, there's...
1: There's going to be maybe a little bit of hesitancy there and maybe some getting some uncomfort- uncomfortability. I don't know if that's the right word to put, but I'm sure a lot of guys aren't, are. Un- I don't want to say uncomfortable, but like it's a new situation and something they, they weren't used to for the last couple of years.
0: Yeah. Adjustment period. Uh, I think you're always going to have an adjustment period when you have something like that. Can that adjustment period be over after the bye week? I think that's ideal for USC. And,. Again, we'll see if it happens.
2: Chrissy T heard it from the press box. What you got?
1: Nothing much from the press box. I don't have much of anything. I don't I didn't feel like I got anything. The only thing is <laughs>
2: Thank you for your contributions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this segment as I I've, I know you as do. I've yes, said. we know. The only thing is again, I go down onto the field when no one is there and All the Utah fans were coming up as I was going down and there was this one little kid, Utah kid with a Utah shirt who was just screaming at the top of his lungs, that was the best game ever. (laughs) So the history was not lost
0: on these Utah fans. How did you respond to this kid, Chris?
2: No, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Nice.
0: Um, I I mentioned I talked to Malcolm Epps. One of the things I asked him uh, was, you know, how they turn things around, and he said, "Relax." He said, like Aaron Rodgers said, "Relax." He said this team has to relax and they have to turn things to be able to turn things around. So I thought that was very interesting. Uh, That's one of the things we heard at the Washington State. What was going wrong at the beginning of the game is that everyone was trying to do too much. I don't know that I've necessarily seen that the last couple of games and that being the reason, but it was interesting to hear him say that that was what they needed to do to be able to turn things around.
2: So my heard it came at the, like, four minutes left in the fourth, so it's kind of a bleh period. It's during a TV timeout. I'm standing underneath the goalpost, and one of the refs comes up to the other ref, and, like, they look kind of serious. And, like, one of them's facing, like, towards the peristyle, and the other's facing towards the large screen opposite of the peristyle. And I think that they're having a serious conversation. And then I realized that they're playing the football helmet shuffle. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and I've never seen Russ do that before, but they were like, looked like they were having a serious conversation and they were like, it's three. It's three yeah. It's three, okay. <laughs> like, okay. <and> so <laughs> I just thought it was funny. It's like, wow, we all are bored at this, this game right now.
0: <laughs> um, I have one. That's not very, um, not very good for USC. Oh, what? Oh um as much as any of these this game there's not a ton of good stuff but Cameron Rising you know had a huge game obviously throws for a few touchdowns he runs for a touchdown 17 yard third and one breaks a tackle runs over you know runs through a Greg Johnson tackle runs through uh Chase Williams attempt and he's come back to the sideline I was on the Utah sideline shooting photos that for that play He's coming back over the sideline, and he's just screaming, "I love the weight room! I love the weight room!" Saying that USC is weak, basically, and saying that Utah is just that much stronger than them. That's the way I interpret it, at least. That, you know, they couldn't tackle him because they weren't strong enough.
2: That's such—I'm sorry, but that's such a funny thing to scream. I love the yeah, weight. I room. know, but that's what he
0: was screaming. That's why it caught my attention. I was like, "What?" But that's And it was to the offensive coach, and maybe the strength coach was over there too, but he was saying basically that all the work that he put in the weight room was that much better than what
2: USC had done, I guess. I love the studio! I love the studio!
0: I hear you yell that all the time (laughs) when we're at practice. (laughs) Yep,
2: yep, that's true. (laughs) Anything else from you gentlemen?
0: Um, It hasn't been mentioned, but I thought Keontae Ingram's comment about the Hmm. offense needing creativity, that was kind of a, hmm, okay, That's a veteran player who's obviously been at Texas, now at at USC. And, you know, one of the things, he said that they got beat in the trenches. And he said that the offense lacked creativity. And I asked Dante Williams about that on Sunday. And he said, you know, you're seeing USC use the pistol formation. You're seeing them motion Drake London. They did some different things. What's interesting is that stuff goes away in the second half. And that's when USC struggles. So the new stuff, the stuff that's scripted, has been working for USC. They've been able to move the ball early in games, but what's happening in the second half, and what Dante Williams said, is maybe we're reverting back to our base stuff. Um, it's not—I'm paraphrasing here—but he said maybe we're reverting back to our base stuff later, and that's what you know—that's when we're lacking creativity. Um, and I think that's very true. You're seeing the second half; they're they're running. You know, you're not seeing the unique stuff that you're seeing early in the game, and in the second half. What are they doing in the third quarter? They're not scoring a lot. That's when you're supposed to be able to make adjustments, and maybe you draw up something new at that time. And USC is is not producing well in the third quarter, uh, in particular. And so, you know, it was just an interesting comment from Keon Ingram to say that the the offense was lacking lacking creativity.
2: He said that he was he said like maybe we need to get more creative. All so right. it was kind of like a cop out a little bit he wasn't just like we need we need more creativity and like i know dante williams said like oh he kind of said that in the heat of the moment of loss. so and he um, was asked
0: a, you know he was asked a follow-up question and he, he kind of dodged it yeah he, he dodged a little bit and backed away from from that comment so it might have come out not the way he meant but the uh the, the sentiment yeah it was it was definitely one that, that caught my attention
2: yeah same here all let's move into some questions First one is from Bobby, who said, Will USC start using its touted freshman class, Foreman Davis Wright, more often? Seems like they might as well with the season progression. Attract recruits by showing off they can get immediate playing time over guys who are not performing anyway.
1: The bye week is a great chance to experiment with that kind of stuff. And like we had talked about, they will be a young guy, young guns scrimmage. So maybe someone can push for more uh, playing time and First on my list would be Rayjean Davis. Tr- tr- find a way to get that guy on the field.
2: Which is interesting because we've heard Orlando say that. like that. You re- you referenced it earlier, but the six-week comment, he was like Corey Foreman and Rajon Davis, but then we haven't seen that follow-up.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because, one, Kanai Malik has been playing well, but the position beh- beside him has been very inconsistent. I thought Raylan Goforth was playing, had played really well um, in that Colorado game until he got tossed out, and he played okay in, in the in the Oregon State game uh, prior to that, even though the defense as a whole did not play well. So I thought he was taking some strides, but he didn't play very well in the second half when when he came in against Utah. So maybe there's an opening there for Rajon. And, again, I think that goes back to we talked about previously with Todd Orlando. That's his position. He's going to put more on that position, and maybe that's what's holding Rajon Davis back. But we have seen Rajon playing on special teams. He's played in five to six games, I believe it is now. So he's a guy that should be adjusted to the speed of the game. So if he's getting all the play calls and all that stuff down, then you know, he's a guy I definitely think could you could see a, a huge jump in playing time towards the end of the season.
2: A similar question, we got it from JP, who said, What, if any, personnel changes do you expect to happen after the bye week? Feels like some of the upperclassmen are quote-unquote coasting it. Thank you guys for all the hard work you do and for answering my questions. Of course, JP.
0: I mean, Corey Foreman, obviously, is one. I think you're just going to see him more and more reps there, and especially if Thule can play inside. Um, that makes that move even more possible. Rajon Davis is a good one. Jalen Smith. I mean, Greg Johnson struggled in this game. I think he had five missed tackles, according to PFF. Um, so, Jalen Smith we've seen occasionally get in there for Greg Johnson at that nickelback sl- spot. I don't know if anybody else stands out to you, Chris. Was this just defensive side of the ball? No. Oh. Just young guys in general. In
2: case you even notice, Chris tunes out during the question portion of the podcast. That's why I
0: try to make him answer first. Good. That's good. (laughs) Michael Jackson. it's
1: an interesting one. I like some Michael Jackson. Just hasn't, you know, played a lot. Played at all, maybe. I don't. You're the one who has the. He's
0: played in like two games and barely on offense. Played the final drive of the Oregon State game, I believe.
2: What's interesting is I have more faith of the Colorado game the defense Colorado, I have more faith that the defense will see some changes whereas like I don't think that the offense like I can't see them really doing that
0: I'm curious to see if Joseph Zamanjak gets back in the rotation you know he played like one snap this game um you know he was getting significant reps 15 20 reps early in the season um, and hadn't really gotten many at all recently. Does Brandon Campbell ever get in there? I mean, yeah. I, I think USC's been fortunate so far to not have any significant running back injuries. If that happens, does he get in there? I, I think that one interesting guy would be Colin Mobley, actually. Hmm. you your PG County boy. PG County boy. Don't, don't say his name. Colin Mobley. Don't say his name. Colin Mobley. Say it one more time. Colin Mobley. Oh, okay. Um because he's a big body guy, and obviously they're they're missing some mass um, on the defense line. And Maximus Gibbs, another guy, you know, if they if he continues to progress, like they've told us he's progressing, I was surprised he didn't play a little bit more against uh, against Utah. Keely, you're doing the why? why? didn't you use the app?
2: Why does that, that I
1: a, pitched last week?
2: I don't have the app.
1: You didn't download it?
2: I did not. You didn't give me the link.
1: I did. It's in your email. Check your spam.
2: Okay. (laughs) I will do that. I'm trying to get us a little bit rapid fire because we have a lot of questions, emails, and DMs. Okay. So thank you to everyone who did that. Uh, Scott C. said, hey, Shotgun, any updates on the status of Dart? Any chance he sees the field after the bye week?
0: No updates on the status. We'll see this week when we go to practice here on Tuesday and Wednesday if we see him doing more than just tossing the football. Because that's all we saw from him last week. And that's not going to be enough to get you back in the game. He's still got to go through, you know, the change of direction drills and all that stuff with the trainers. And get we have hit. A, he's not going to get hit before he actually plays in the game. He has to be clear to, to be clear to get hit, yes. But we're not going to see what, he's what he's I here. meant. He's not going to actually take a hit.
2: I thought he was walking well on Saturday. I was surprised.
0: And since you mentioned that, and I mentioned it on Tunnel Vision, that this would be a hurdle on the sidelines. But I forgot about it. <laughs> um, Someone now, always
2: says to write down the herd on the sidelines. I you? wrote
0: down other ones. <laughs> Uh, but in the middle of the tunnel vision show, I did not. But while the offense was the offensive huddle during a timeout, they're all talking. Um, Keaton Slovis will come and throw and warm up. You know, before a drive after the defense has been on the field, especially if they've been on for a while, make sure your arms loose. So he's throwing with Miller Moss and someone's catching up for them. So Slovis goes into the huddle, the offense huddle. He's his arms loose. He's ready. Well, Dart comes over, and maybe even he was catching up for Keaton Slovis. But he's like starts tossing with Miller Moss as well. They're just tossing the ball back and forth. Well, then he starts doing a little bit of movement and then tossing sidearm, so doing a little bit of just back and forth. And I go, hmm, that's a little bit different than what we did see last week because in the drills that we saw him at practice, it was stationary. He was, you know, yeah. he was stationary, catches the ball, he throws the ball. He's not taking a drop back. He's not doing. He's not rolling out, nothing that like that. But a little bit more movement during uh, during his sideline
2: uh, tossing with Miller Moss. Interesting. We will see. We will see at practice. Speaking of, uh, the count called Dart is God had a question. <laughs> is Keen Slovis going to declare this year? If not, how does that affect the team going forward into next year?
0: Is Keaton going to declare this year? I mean, I don't know how we can know that answer. Um, is he playing well enough that he's going to be a first-round draft pick? No. Is that typically my standard of when you should declare or not? Yes. So if I was advising him, I wouldn't tell him to declare. Now, does he feel like he's going to be pushed out by Jackson Dart or Miller Moss, the new coaching staff that comes in? Obviously, he's been really close with Graham Harrell. Graham Harrell's gone. Does he feel like he's going to lose that job? I don't know any of those things. It depends on the coach that's coming in, the offensive system. I think that will all play into that decision. If he declares, will he be drafted? Chris, what do you think? I think he would be drafted. I think he would be as well. I know a lot of people are hating on Keaton Slovis, and they think that I'm making excuses for him or whatever. But he's still making plays. He needs some help. He needs help with the tackles to give him a little bit more time, uh, or just more of a clean pocket at times, even if there is a rush. And you know, outside of Drake London, he's he's catching pretty much everything. He's got some drops as well, but. There are other guys that can still make some more plays. And Keenan Slowis's biggest mistakes are coming when they're way behind and he's getting a ton of pressure because USC's only throwing the ball. I think the play calling could help him out. I think there's times when they're not scheming guys open, and people have talked about that. And that's where the creativity comes in. Early in the games, they are doing that. But when there's not a lot of things going on, that's when he's holding the ball more. He's trying to give guys like Drake London, who are really good when the play breaks down time to go make, you know, go find some space. So I think he's doing some positive things that NFL teams will look at and say, yeah, I think he can still be an NFL quarterback. But is his dra- is his stock at the highest it could be? No. Um, and I kind of feel like he's like a rookie quarterback on a bad team in the NFL, like a Sam Darnold on the Jets. Like Sam Darnold looks like trash on the Jets, right? Because he doesn't have playmakers around him, guys aren't making plays for him, the offensive line is not protecting like they could. And not to say that USC is at the same caliber of the the Jets' struggles offensively in the past, but then when Sam Darnold gets put around playmakers with Christian McCaffrey and some of those other guys with Carolina, it looks better, right? So I I think that's a little bit of what's happening now. Not fully, but I I feel like that if he was in an offense that had, I don't know, like four NFL wide receivers – like his freshman year, I think it would look a little bit different. Yeah, And I think that's kind of the difference right now from his freshman year to now where he's doing some smart things as far as when he sees those drop coverages. He's doing some okay things there. He's not forcing in a lot of throws. Occasionally he does. You know, the fourth down throw, he forced it in there and it got intercepted, right? What happened on the third down throw? Oh, Drake London dropped a ball right at the sticks. Would have been a first down. Now you're not forcing a ball on fourth down. So there's things where he could get some assistance. He's not playing great, but he's playing okay. He's playing fine. He's playing good enough that he will be drafted, I believe. But if if he were to play great, there is still the potential of a first and second round draft pick.
2: We got an email from Andrew in Brentwood, and I think it's fun. He addressed us as family. He's like family. I like it. Love <laughs> uh, he- fam. What up, fam? Uh, he said, I counted four drives on Saturday where Utah moved the ball 70-plus yards for a touchdown. Is there a statistic for broken tackles against? USC has to lead the nation in that, right? It's one thing for the offense to go three and out and not allow the defense to get any rest, but one of those drives is right after halftime, so fatigue couldn't have been the excuse. This team just cannot st- stop arm tackling. What is it? And he also has, uh, what is the team doing during these two weeks to prep for tackling for Notre Dame? P.S. Coach Williams needs to tell his DBs to stop celebrating overthrown passes. I think every time one of them uh, got too hyped after a bad pass, they gave up a touchdown throw soon after. Looking at you, Chris Steele. He says, Andrew in and Brentwood.
1: That's a lot.
2: It's a lot.
0: <laughs> That's a PFF thing for these missed tackles. Or so USC, according to PFF, had twelve missed tackles. Um, honestly, if I were to Graded out myself, I think I'd probably find more than that. Um, and I just think there were a lot of times when it's not even just missed tackles, opportunities to make a play. There's a lot of those that USC doesn't take advantage of. You stop a guy for a two yard run versus a five yard run, you know, whether it's making the tackle at the point of attack versus getting dragged three or four yards, second and five versus second and eight are completely different play calls. Uh, so there were 12 missed tackles according to PFF. You look at their running backs from Utah, they had nine missed tackles forced, uh, five from Tavion Thomas, who was their leading rusher, two from Micah Benar, one from Pledger, one from Rising. Uh, I think the receivers had a couple as well. So, you know, just opportunities to make plays that USC is not fully making. I don't, I don't know if there's an exact stat the way he's look, looking at. I think missed tackles probably answers that at, at best.
2: Yeah, to your point, Chalkin to set up the flea flicker, the fourth and one, the play before that i think the defender makes contact like five yards before the play is actually down yep like it's it's those things but that they all add up you know especially when the the game's going to derail that quickly like who knows what could have happened if you actually make uh the tackle at the point of contact it's just interesting there uh we got a question from jesse garcia who's our resident ucla fan uh which which bowl game would you three love to see in USC in solely based on city and stadium, and he has SoFi,
0: Los Angeles Bowl. Because <laughs> Chris doesn't want to go anywhere.
2: I I I thought it would have been fun to cover the first Pac twelve championship game in Vegas. That would have been fun.
0: Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, that's not going to happen. Um, if we're just throwing out any bowl, I would say oh. the, the Orange Bowl in Miami. The okay, well, championship. Well. No, I'm just saying Orange Bowl in Miami because I haven't been to Miami. It's one of like the seven. Cities that has a pro one of the four pro teams and four pro sports. So the question is any bowl we would want to see. Which one do we think they're gonna go to? Or uh, they, very different
1: question. I gotta win games True. first.
0: True. Ooh. I wanted to cover the peach bowl. I like the peach bowl. Formerly Chick fil A bowl, is that I don't know. Chick fil A, peach bowl, yep. Still the peach bowl. So if Shotgun could steal Chick fil A.
2: Yep.
0: I wouldn't steal it. They'd be giving us it's sponsored by Chick fil A.
2: Oh. Fun.
0: Of USC's potential options, I I think the the biggest thing is no one really wants to go to El Paso for the Sun Bowl.
2: Is USC allowed back in El Paso? Uh,
0: What if Lane Kiffin got to go back to El Paso?
2: What do you what do they do? Like I don't know there's like some like
0: (laughs) Is Lane Kiffin banned from El Paso. That's
2: what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know these (laughs) things. Um our final question slash comment comes from Judy, who said for the Family Feud team, just want you all to know two things. One if you all come to the Notre Dame game, we will show Keeley Main Street in South Bend. I love a good Main Street. We all know this.
0: You've only seen two, according to you.
2: <laughs> but we all love them. <laughs> she says, yes, I love here, and it's rough as an SC alum. Sadness. And then she says, uh, the time has come to make Chris T. a full-fledged member of this pod. His many sponsorships and humor have earned him his spot. Fight on Judy from South Bend. Judy's always fun in the mentions. I just want to throw that out there. Shouts to her.
1: No, I have our – sorry – i was focused on the last question i found it it's the bahamas bowl oh, oh go to the bahamas yeah. okay yep yep so i just you guys were talking about what the right answer is that is the right answer that is the right answer That is. there is no other answer
2: i'm just really surprised that you just bypass someone advocating for your membership yeah
1: you're not gonna do it so it's like <laughs> you're gonna look you're both about to say this isn't the time to do it so <laughs> so appreciate you judy I don't know why it came out like that. I appreciate you, Judy, for saying that. That means a lot. But, but these guys aren't gonna do it. These guys aren't will not do it. This is probably gonna be cut. No, and they're not. It's gonna, not gonna they're not. Cut. They will not comment on it. Look, right now, go. The
2: interesting thing is, like, at the tailgates, people come up to me and they're like, personally offended for you. Like, sure, I've demoed like them all five dollars. <laughs> they're like hurt for you.
0: If you were at the tailgate, okay, look, look. look. <laughs>
2: Look, I like how you said
0: "Tell Gates." Okay, like you've been I... more than one.
2: See, here's the thing. I wish I could have just. I I thought I was like I had this split second moment where I'm like, are they going to let me get away with this? Why did Hell I think no. that you guys would? I know I don't you know why. It. Shouts to Stock Neutral. I heard there was a Stock Neutral shirt, and I wasn't there. I am deeply, deeply sorry. I underestimated traffic, and I'm see. Like perfect. I
1: said, they will not comment
0: on it. They will just. Yeah, John, we got an issue with that. John, I'm really sorry. That's all I got to say.
2: Stock Neutral Nation, we out there represent. Represent. Represent, represent. Represent. okay. I would like to point out that
0: Chris at the tailgate, if you were there, you would have seen, had a hello my name is sticker, which we all had name tags. His read official podcast member and it was X'd out.
2: (laughs) Well, that was, your first one was, what was your first one, Chris? Introvert. No, it was socially Socially awkward. awkward. Oh, Oh, introvert was my backup. Oh, got it. Yeah, nice, creative. He does bits even in real life. That's what happens. It's not a bit. It's just real life. That's true. Speaking of Chrissy T. like
1: I said, Judy just completely <laughs> overstepped. It didn't even mention it. Didn't even attempt to mention it.
0: You know what bowl game would be fun though? Yeah. See, our sponsor, Cheese It Bowl. Oh man, I love cheese.
1: First I've of all, Cheese Nips seen... was our sponsor.
0: That's true. But so technically, Cheez-Its. we can. If we get a Cheese Nips bowl, that's fine too. They should have dueling bowls.
2: Oh wow!
0: East Coast, West Coast. Oh wow! Champion of the
1: Cheese It Bowl plays the champion of the Cheez It Bowl in the Cheese Bowl.
2: <laughs> yep, in Wisconsin.
1: Ooh. Isn't there a Cheese Bowl?
2: Who knows?
0: I think you can eat things. Out Whatever. Of the we don't care. We're going Bread to the Bahamas bowls. Bowl. Bread bowl with cheese in it. What? Oh, what is fun.
1: the? What is the? The the conference ties for the Bahamas Bowl? Think you know like have Just like looked it up. Well,
0: it doesn't it's like
2: really
1: the say
0: conference USA and. Um, The MAC Conference USA.
1: (laughs) I think George Bilakov should get this. USC is playing like a MAC team, so why don't we just (laughs) chalk it up to?
2: Um, it's the longest running international bowl game in college football history.
1: But just to be clear, it's it's the Mid American Conference
2: and Conference USA. Man, nailed it. Well done. Look at that.
1: But if we go to the Bahamas Bowl, we're all going. If we if we they were assigned to the Bahamas, <laughs> you
2: Bowl. just said if we're going to the Bahamas, well we're all going. Yeah, y- you know
0: the women's basketball team this year. You know, it's Lindsey Gottlieb's first season. It's Pac-12 media day right now. They're playing in the Cancun tournament. I'm just saying, are they? They are. I mean, Keely's never been more interested in women's basketball. This okay. You, uh, I wish I would have went to the Bahamas when USC played in the Atlantis tournament down there a few years back with Andy Infield. I believe it was his first year, maybe his second year. Because that's when there was the confrontation with Tim Floyd because UTEP was in the tournament as well. So that would have been really fun to to be a part of. I've gone to Hawaii with the basketball team, um, but haven't made it to Cancun or Bahamas. would nice. oh, be nice. nice.
2: Nice. We're at that point of the season where we're talking about random bowl games to escape to because that's what we have to talk we'll about. We'll see
0: if USC makes a bowl game. they got, they got some work cut out for them. Yep. Top so schedule in the second half.
2: Chrissy T., it's time for me to toss it to you. I told you,
1: and I'm going to toss it right back. I told you I'm not. I'm playing the straight character. No, you're not. I'm, tr- I'm playing you the straight man. You made
2: several jokes. No, I didn't. Name one didn't. joke.
1: Name one joke. Each of you named one joke I made.
2: Your little conversation with Judy.
1: That was just a fact.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> that wasn't a joke. Okay.
1: Did you not Not comment on?
2: <laughs> did I not not comment? I did did Something, yeah. Chris, take the segment, please.
1: <laughs> no, I said I'm playing the straight man.
2: Do you want me to wrap up the show now? Is what you're saying?
1: If you could name one joke, I will do it exactly.
2: No, there was something,
1: Pina Coladas. That is the first time Pina Coladas <laughs> been mentioned on this show <laughs> in the history of the show.
2: Saxon, Jake, Sack, Dr- Drake, Tully, Tully. that whole bit. That was the thing, that was a joke. There was because joke I, I couldn't
1: come up with a sack name.
2: Yeah, I think that was a joke. That's not a joke.
1: That's general pain.
2: Speaking (laughs) of pain, it's this right now. Can we get some take it or leave it?
1: I had to make you work for it. (laughs) I hate you. This is the bye week. So that's time that we as reporters and even USC fans can catch up on all the things they've been putting off on doing since the season started. Keely, what have you been putting off?
2: (laughs) I was about to say laundry. (laughs) There you go. Laundry's a
1: good one. Yeah um shotgun what about you uh
0: that's right getting a fill- pumpkin shotgun oh. that's
1: what you've been putting off. getting a goddamn pumpkin <laughs> so pumpkin. with the help of this week's uh sponsor bishop's pumpkin farm uscfootball.com will be having a pumpkin palooza this weekend if you liked our pumpkin tail or if you liked our tailgate wait until you see our pumpkin patch
2: wait <laughs> i wish
1: you can buy a pumpkin you could buy pumpkin stencils for pumpkin carving for all our faces. The whole Peristyle team. Wow. Keely, yours and Shotgun's both came out great. Ryan's came out looking like Jeff Goldblum, but that's okay. <laughs> There'll be live music, food, desserts, face painters. There will even be a Clay Helton Big Horsey hayride. Ride. It seems I forgot to update the read as this has been planned months ago. I apologize, but he will not actually be there. It will just be a giant cutout uh, given the change of events. Take the kids to the abandoned soap factory in L.A., which will be the host site, and leave with a pumpkin looking like shotgun to scare your trick-or-treaters. Bishop's Pumpkin Farm, we also have squash. Uh, So thank you to bishops. Uh, Really looking forward to this event. Um... So yeah, um, so thank you. So let's just jump in. I'm glad uh, we worked
0: to get this one out of yeah, the let's, uh, let's jump Wait, in. Wait, will Turnover Traveler be there?
1: Uh, he might be. You might be able to take a picture with him. He was not on the booking docket, but if I have to make a call, I'll make a call. Make the call. To get that little motherfucker <laughs> down there. All right, <laughs> let's get into it. Drake London will set the single game reception record this season. He was close to should have.
2: Shotgun was on Should
0: have. Very, very. Didn't play the last 10 minutes. All he needed was one. And they were playing off coverage. Just throw it out there. Give him 10 more yards. Um, I'm going to take it. Sure, I'll take it. I don't know what else they can do on offense right now consistently. So Drake London seems to be the option.
1: There will be at least one new starter change out of the bye week.
2: I'll take that. Take
0: it. Got to make some changes.
2: Yeah. And, and Dante, Dante th- seems willing to do that.
0: And I feel like the bye week is an opportunity for people to prove themselves that they should be the starter when other guys obviously have struggled in these losses.
1: Miller Moss should have played in that fourth quarter.
0: Take it. If you're sitting out Drake London, why are you playing everybody else? They said they were still trying to score and they're still trying to, you know, come back in the game, which I understand if you're going to do that, but then why Drake, Drake London wasn't in there? He wasn't hurt.
2: Yeah, based on his explanation, I'm going to take it.
0: If you're going to take out your best offensive weapon, then you're not truly trying to catch up and trying to score and doing everything else.
2: It's like a half. It's like a
0: T-Vit. They're still trying to score, but not giving that full effort. So I think it's more important to get some reps for a guy that may have to be your backup if you you have an injury to Keaton Slovis.
1: USC has a 79% chance for six wins this season that is off the fpi numbers so basically i'm asking you think usc has a 79 percent chance to go to a bowl game this season
0: i'll leave a 79 percent chance i still think they have a little bit over 50 a little bit like 53 i think they get wins against arizona and um cal against cal and then i think they can find a win out of those other four games I don't know which one. I'm not going to say I wouldn't predict them to necessarily win those individually the way they played recently, but I think they'll get at least one. i
2: we'll gonna leave it.
0: Unless this team completely falls apart. I just which is also a uh, possibility.
2: I've said this every week. I just don't have like a Geiger counter for the standard to play for this team. Like I just I don't think I can bang on anything anymore. RIP to my undefeated streak. And now
1: the pressure's off. You're with fine. With the
2: picks, I know.
1: We could see Ishmael Sopcher within the next two USC games.
2: Take it.
0: I'm going to leave it. I think we're seeing those small strides. We saw him last week do one-on-ones, first time in practice. We saw him dress out and go through warm-ups. Now he did when he he went to the locker room. Yeah, He did take his pads off and everything. But baby steps, baby steps.
1: Baby steps for a big
0: man. If he gets to, you know, if the, through this week, the next step was he was going to be dressed out and not play, then maybe in the next two weeks, that next baby step would be him to get in on a play or two.
2: We shall see.
1: USC will have at least two transfer portal hits before the end of the season.
2: I'm going to leave it because I think Dante relationally can salvage that.
0: I'm going to leave it for a different reason. Because I think guys are going to say, let me see what's coming in first. That too. That's a good point. Now, they may still hit the transfer portal and not make a decision to see if USC is the place. But I want to talk to other people. So You just did
2: a whole circle, talk yourself out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A roundabout,
1: shoddy (laughs) roundabout.
2: (laughs) But is that a bad first impression to the incoming head coach if you're in the portal?
0: I think you got to be, if you think that you're – Potentially going to leave or possibly going to leave. I think you should put yourself in the portal so you can mm. talk to other coaches That's a good at least point. and find out what you're, you know, are you wanted at other schools? <laughs> and if not, yeah. let me take my name out of the portal real quick. Let me take it
1: out. So what did you end up doing? You left it.
0: I think I did everything in that one. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> I apologize.
2: I wow. Not, I'm
1: still not. Un- I'm still unclear about what you did there. You teed it. <gasps> no. Oh.
2: <laughs> After you called me out I for teeing it, I think I
1: took it. <laughs> okay. Okay.
2: I think I took it.
1: After all that that wraps up corporate take it or leave it
2: wow we breeze through those we breeze through
1: that yeah so thank you to uh, Bishop's um, pumpkin farm catches this weekend Saturday at the old abandoned soap factory
0: if Ryan's looks like Jeff Goldblum what does Gerard's look like Mm -hmm.
2: the guy we saw on the plane
0: was it a good one like was it a good stencil or was it like is it like the misshapen head guy from weird science
1: Are you talking about Gerard or Jeff Goldblum in this? No, Gerard Stencil. Yeah.
0: Did it turn in did did it come out well? Or did it come out poorly and suddenly it looks like that guy from Weird Science slash Mad Max?
1: I'll let you be the judge of that when I see you there. Oh, okay.
2: Also, inside baseball, Chris stole my pumpkin. I brought a pumpkin into the office and What are you talking about? I thought this was gonna be him revealing where my pumpkin is. I was trying to find it before we started recording. I did
1: I did in fact steal your pumpkin.
2: Thank you. Where'd you put it?
1: Uh, I hid it in the office. Okay. So you have to find it.
2: Fine. Oh, scavenger hunt. Oh.
1: Little little scavenger hunt there. So thank you to Bishop's Pumpkin Farm, which did provide that pumpkin that Keeley brought in. Sure. Um, they did. So let's knock out some fun ones. Okay. Uh, these are all on theme except for one, so we're just gonna do the first one first. Okay. Home Alone reboot. Is there one? Just dropped today. The trailer.
2: Wow, these are very like up to date. Take your leave. It. Who's in it? Uh
1: the little kid from uh Ellie Kemper, Ellie Kemper is uh Really? I don't know why I had such a I believe she's the mom and then uh the little kid from Jojo Rabbit. Oh, not but he's not cute. not the main kid, the other oh. kid with the glasses. I
2: haven't seen that movie. I only just know the kid. He's Leave he's
1: it. great. Oh. He seems like he would be the home alone kid. You seem like like a Southern version of that. Just
2: oh, I would take that reboot.
1: Yeah, yeah. little shotgun. Yeah, but um, it's a cartoon. And he's holding a little oh. shotgun.
0: I'm leaving it because I think there's too much awareness with concussions and different things now oh. that people are going to watch it in a different way and it's just
1: not going to work out well. Everyone getting bonked on the head, you think it's going to yeah. be concussion protocol? What a
0: <laughs> like, you know, answer. Like bricks being thrown from third or fourth stories. We don't know what the people are. are. <laughs> yeah. But they're bad guys. I know what they would have. Dave Stern's Still character would have died like six times in the movies. It's
1: the movie. Are you Big Robber? <laughs> Are you on the side of Big Robber right now? You're anti-Big Home I'm, Security? No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm just saying I think that there's too much focus on brain and spine injuries <laughs> now. <laughs> this oh my is my a terrible take, and I love <laughs> this it so the much. the
2: most weird shotgun take ever. This is <laughs> that
0: people are not going to like it because of that.
1: This is funnier than any <laughs> fake corpus module I could ever make. Just shotgun being... Weird. Decide a big robber.
0: The real question is <laughs> this is the real question. The real question is will there be an appearance from Donald Trump since he was in Home Alone 2? Oh, too?
1: absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not.
2: Huh. Also, for the record, I am leaving it. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Have you seen the original?
2: I have. Mm, okay, I have.
0: Okay. Have you seen Home Alone 2?
2: What happened to that? In New
0: York one? City. In New York City. I think I have. Pigeon Lady, right? He's in New
2: Pigeon York lady. City. Yep. 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 I saw it.
1: Uh, after that we have a bunch of theme ones because it is a spooky season spooky season I'm giving you two each one is two things you're taking one and leaving the other okay very simple got it
0: taking one leaving the other got
2: it yep
1: Uh, ghosts or zombies ghosts taking ghosts oh interesting yeah taking ghosts that's good because zombies can still happen (laughs) I, I feel like ghosts could equally just as much happen Oh, ghosts already do happen But, yeah, but Okay, never mind
2: <laughs> Zombies are gross Like, I don't want to see you decaying self Ghosts could be cool Like Casper
0: Yeah, but you can you can kill zombies, so You can't really kill ghosts They're already dead Okay Zombies it's, are undead That's different That's a big brain right there
2: <laughs>
1: Yeah Uh Sorry Nope Sorry, got a text to Block my thing out Uh Werewolves or vampires?
2: Oh, okay. So here's the question: Is it like a a man werewolf, or are they just like
1: a what? A the, man werewolf?
2: Like like half man? I'm half not talking werewolf. about a
1: hairy hairy man. I'm just talking about a
2: <laughs> no no. But like a centaur? <laughs> no, like, like they
1: transform. Yeah 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 yeah. Or just like a? It's like Twilight. Oh, she's doing this little like.
2: <laughs> what are you doing? No, no, that like a paw, like a.
0: Yeah, that's what werewolves do They're they, all wolves. They turn into Little tiny chihuahuas that just <laughs> doop, 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 doop.
2: No. Okay not bad
1: They transform
2: Werewolf Taking it Taking vampires Oh okay Why? Big Dr-
0: Dracula fan
1: you just, you just like the idea Of staying up all night And <laughs> sleeping all day
2: It's a great it's a Great, great, great point.
0: point Werewolves do the same though Do they?
1: Probably oh. when the moon's out though
2: Moon.
1: Pumpkin patch Or haunted house
0: Taking haunted house I could know. No desire for <laughs> pumpkin patches,
1: but I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I'll be there. Even when you're not there, your face is gonna be. Yes, there. true. I'm just there for turnover traveler.
2: Oh, nice taking pumpkin patches. You and I actually had a conversation about haunted houses last yesterday. Yeah. I I I can't do it. Get I get scared so easily, and then I oh, try and like.
0: I definitely want to go to haunted house with Keely now. We'll let her no. walk in front. Oh no! And film it. Oh no! Let's do it. Oh, my, gosh. Do oh it. my God. Oh my Universal Studios, maybe we'll do
2: that it's gonna be so bad i was telling chris like i try and bring people out of character like you don't scare me you pay taxes too like you
1: know? i know you pay taxes demon
2: <laughs> yeah like i try because i hate it
1: i know you had a lunch break earlier today yeah, demon
2: like, hey, you had breakfast <laughs> You know, i don't know i just try and humanize them so i get less scared that's my strategy in haunted houses
0: do you get really scared at the sounds, like chainsaw noises and stuff? the think it's unnecessary.
2: Fake chainsaws yeah, have,
1: it's just human reaction. You know the chainsaw's not on, but still the noise and then bringing it close to your legs makes you freak out.
2: Oh, they bring it close to your legs? Yeah, it's just a, a chainsaw, would really
1: but enjoy it has. This but because it has, I'd be so oh, you'd be out. screaming yeah. to high heaven.
2: Yeah, I think we should make this happen.
1: <laughs> Two more: spiders or bats?
2: What type of spiders?
1: Oh, you know, like the classic, like big. Uh, tarantulas? Yeah, big old tarantula spiders. I'm the spooky actually, spiders. I'm
2: actually going to take tarantulas.
1: Interesting, interesting. They
2: seem less intimidating. Bats are... Ugh. They're just... Okay, take them
0: both. They're, they're, they both have their place. <laughs> I don't kill You're spiders in my, in it. my wow. house. Oh, okay. I
2: yeah, usually I, I
0: take them and usher them outside. so the big spider. Sir,
2: it's time for you to leave. I also
0: had a... There's uh, days over... I had a oh, bat shoot. experience. A bat experience? <laughs> so did I. I figured I should throw this in there. Yeah, when I was like five or six years old, we had bats get in our garage. and They had burrowed into a hole. So in the morning, when you come out, you turn the light on, the bats would start swirling around and flying. So my my stepmom would have to take us to the car with like a blanket over our head because the bats were swirling around. Wow. And they'd just run into you and stuff. It's
1: kind of crazy. This could be traumatizing.
2: Is this why you are the way Oh, my God.
1: You chose vampires.
2: (gasps) Shotgun! what do you do at night? You're not charting.
1: (laughs) Yeah, charting (laughs) his
2: victims.
0: (laughs) You got to keep a tally somehow.
2: Oh, wow.
1: (laughs) And finally, fog or spider webs?
2: (laughs) Those are completely different things.
1: No, they're not. They're tone setters (laughs) for a scene. Fog or spider webs I've thrown my fair share of Halloween parties I know That's true I know Okay How these things work
0: I don't know exactly what we're taking here Whether like What freaks us out more You, you can do interpret it interpret any way you want I know
2: I have a question Is this real fog Like some mist Or is this like fake canned fog
1: No no this is like real Okay cause I mist. hate the
2: smell of fake fog
1: Yeah no this is like <laughs> this real is so Like random. hard to see through the fog Oh Fog.
2: fog all the way.
0: Okay. Fog. Take fog. Such great view in the morning when you see the fog sitting yeah. on, on like a marsh.
1: After a night of of hunting your victims. <laughs> yeah, just whatever. come back in. Yeah,
0: whatever. Someone was drive early in the morning. I don't okay, know what you guys. just very quickly. Um, spider webs, on the other hand, freaks me out when I actually run into a spider web and you're just walking at night or something. Yeah. Ah, get it off of me. Get it off of me. Because yeah. yeah. you know the
1: spider's there somewhere.
0: Ugh. Probably. I'm not really concerned about the the spider itself.
1: Very quickly, eat this bulb of garlic. <laughs> <laughs> just, just really quickly, folks. He's not. He's not I mean, even he's looking not at. Doing it. it. He's not looking at. He's it.
0: He's not doing it. You don't have any garlic. Mm. I'm more of a ginger fan myself.
2: Convenient.
1: Mm. <laughs> that's all I got. Hey, what? Let's make it real quick. I thought of this one in the morning. What magazine would you want to be on the cover of?
2: Oh, that's fun.
1: I know that's why I said it. <laughs> Shotgun's gonna pick Vampire Weekly. Or <laughs> <laughs> They're both stump right I now. I think, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm letting let her go
2: first. I got mine. <laughs> I think, oh. like, well, okay. Am I me or can I be like an all person? You are that... you.
1: No, you are you. You oh. can. <laughs> oh, wow. That's... What, what do you yeah. mean, like, you're someone different? Well, okay. Like, I'm a, you're a pop star? famous
2: athlete. Then I want to be on, like, sports illustrated or something yeah, why are you shaking your hips like that <laughs> I'm, this is my pose yeah. i'm posing on the cover okay.
1: you can interpret it any way you want I'm you want sh- to be a different person down, you want to be you want to be a different persona of yourself because i want to Th- be like
2: artsy on vogue <laughs> yeah
1: you want to is that your choice on <laughs> Chuck- Vogue. I, yes i think so okay rolling his eyes at me You know i'm answering the question wearing a vera wang
2: <laughs> that's a wedding dress so no
1: Barry only does wedding dresses.
2: I, I think, think so. she does more. Than okay, that. I'm sorry. Thank you for. I like how me we we know. <laughs> hey, stereotypes. We don't need those. Shot and go. Um, I, I think our most realistic
0: chance is Sports Illustrated being in the background of some crowd shot. If
2: oh. every party
0: if USC like a paper. like a like oh okay good, or <laughs> the back of the Rose Bowl. You know, was that one on the cover? Maybe it was. I the, don't
1: know. It's like the the Red River. Game for USC and like Drake London makes the like, yeah, the Mims catch and like shotguns on the sideline. Like,
0: <laughs> no, he, like the Mike Williams catch happens, that's in the back of the end zone. Keeley would have been right there, yeah. Boom. So, boom, you boom. know, if that got put on the cover, it's always weird. Keeley rewatching
2: but the game, it's like, oh, this is me, I don't like it.
0: I'm always like, oh, that guy's cute. Oh, that's me. <laughs> mm. What difference of opinions on uh, you know, how we see ourselves on TV? I like to suck guy's blood. That's weird, Chris. You should get that checked out. Uh, my answer would be GQ. <laughs>
2: okay.
1: Okay. Bonus. Do you know what your little like
2: the, the,
0: the, the little oh. caption on the bottom would be? No. <laughs> no, I have no clue. She
1: can't. Kilior's ready to take over summer fashion or something like
0: that.
2: Oh, I'm not the.
1: That's just the hypothetical. Okay,
2: sure. I have no clue now.
1: Shotgun Spratling, first vampire. <laughs> <laughs> to openly. bless the cover of a openly vampire out of the coffin <laughs> vampire to bless the bless the coverage. I do
0: not sleep in a coffin, like <laughs> some people actually do.
1: We have no confirm. <laughs>
0: Who sleeps in a
2: coffin? You never heard of people
0: to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's strange. People of out course,
2: there. he's heard of Daredevil. It. Your friend, Daredevil, wink, wink,
1: sleeps in a like a like a coffin because the senses like a special. Never mind. Didn't know that. <laughs> Nerding out right here.
2: <laughs> chris what's your cover
1: oh i'm, I'm not part of this.
2: yeah but i want to know marvel we can, it,
1: we can do it off there marvel there's a marvel
0: you can be on a comic book cover
2: yeah oh he likes it <laughs>
1: no i don't <laughs> shut up and the podcast
2: <laughs> you gotta you gotta play me off with your little your sound that was a quick wrap up last week
1: I'm, I, i'll get it ready It's <laughs> okay you, if you take forever
2: all righty that's gonna wrap it up for this week's podcast i think we're gonna have an interesting one next week since we don't have a game to talk about so if you have any random uh sections of the pod creative additions tweet at us, email us
0: probably have a mid-season podcast
2: i like how you just that's probably so a good stock idea, up so. stock down
0: sure. and if i can point.
1: finally tell my obama story Maybe.
2: I thought you already told it here. No, Have you not? We okay. never had the time. Okay. Well, maybe. We'll see. We'll do
1: a story time.
2: Story time with the Feuders. Alrighty. That's going to wrap it up. Chris did not like that. Shotgun spratling. Chris Trevino. I'm Keely Orr. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye.